0: Sixth graders, welcome to episode five of Miss K Radio. Updates from the world of sixth grade language arts in a very strange school year. I'm glad you're here. This week, I'm going to read to you the preface, which is like an introduction of the book called *Belonging: A Culture of Place* by bell hooks. Her name might sound familiar because she's been one of our quote of the week quotes of the week in class. Um, I really enjoy reading her work because she's an academic, a professor, um, someone who deals with lots of complicated ideas, but also is still very connected to story and everyday life and writes in a way that isn't just for academics, and I really appreciate and enjoy that. This book is about place and how it shapes your identity, something you might think about as you are thinking about what to write about in your personal narrative but I also thought this would be a good choice for this week because this week has been a very indecisive week a very uncertain time and an already very uncertain time as we wait for the results of the presidential election and so I thought this little bit of an essay might be grounding and help you think about what makes you feel connected what makes you feel confident, and um, what makes you feel at home, even in times of uncertainty. So this chapter is called To Know Where I'm Going. I'm just going to read a little bit of it, and it is by Bell Hooks. Talking about place, where we belong, is a constant subject for many of us. We want to know if it is possible to live on the earth peacefully. Is it possible to sustain life? Can we embrace an ethos of sustainability that is not solely about the appropriate care of the world's resources, but is also about the creation of meaning, the making of lives that we feel are worth living? Tracy Chapman sings lyrics that give expression to this yearning, repeating, I wanna wake up and know where I'm going. Again and again, as I travel around, I'm stunned by how many citizens in our nation feel lost, feel bereft of a sense of direction, feel as though they cannot see where our journeys lead, that they cannot know where they are going. Many folks feel no sense of place. What they know, what they have, is a sense of crisis, of impending doom. Even the old, the elders who have lived from decade to decade and beyond, say life is different in this time, way strange, that our world today is a world of too much, that this too muchness creates a wilderness of spirit, the everyday anguish that shapes the habits of being for those who are lost, wandering, searching. Mama's mama, Baba, would say, a world of too much wanting and too much waste. She lived a simple life, a life governed by seasons, spring for hoping and planting, summer for watching things grow, for walking and sitting on the porch, autumn for harvest and gathering, deep winter for stillness, a time for sowing and rest. All my childhood into my first year of being grown up and living away from family, Baba lived secure in the two-story wood frame house that was her sanctuary on this earth, her home place. She did not drive. No need to drive if you want your place on earth to be a world you can encompass walking. There were other folks like her in the world of my growing up, folks who preferred their feet walking solidly on the earth to being behind the wheel of an automobile. In childhood, we were fascinated by the walkers, by the swinging arms and wide strides they made to swiftly move forward, covering miles in a day, but always walking a terrain, leaving, always coming back to the known reality, walking with one clear intent, the will to remain rooted to familiar ground and the certainty of knowing one's place. Like many of my contemporaries, I've yearned to find my place in this world, to have a sense of homecoming, a sense of being wedded to place. Searching for a place to belong, I made a list of what I will need to create firm ground. At the top of the list, I write, I need to live where I can walk. I need to be able to walk to work, to the store, to a place where I can sit and drink tea and fellowship. Walking, I will establish my presence as one who is claiming the earth, creating a sense of belonging, a culture of place. I also made a list of places where I might like to dwell. Seattle, San Francisco, Tucson, Charleston, Santa Fe, these were just a few of the places on my list. I traveled to them in search of that feeling of belonging, that sense that I could make home here. Ironically, my home state of Kentucky was not on the list. And at the time, it would never have occurred to me, not even remotely, to consider returning to my native place. Yet ultimately, Kentucky is where my journey in search of place ends, and where these essays about place begin. And that's how her book of essays begins. She goes on. Tell many stories and reflections about her life and her connection to the land. She talks about growing up in Kentucky in an area where um, her area where she lived was mostly black people and a lot of black farmers. And then she talks about going off to college and how um, people she met who weren't from that sort of rural environment often thought, oh, well, most black people are from the city and live an urban lifestyle and didn't even realize that there were a lot of black farmers in some parts of the country. And she talks about that connection to the land and um, the color of the land and the dirt and how she felt connected and um, how leaving that place made her think about where she came from differently. And then, as she mentioned in that preface, she ultimately um, went back to Kentucky later in her life. In addition to leaving the rural farm area and going to the city, she talks about going to university and academia and how that culture was so different from where she came from. And then when she would return home, she would feel different from her family, have a different sense of herself and um, different ideas. Um, so there's just a lot of reflection on that zooming in and out. And I think an election week can feel similar. We zoom really in close to the individual responsibility in a democracy of voting, of walking into that voting booth or to the mailbox or however you voted this year um, alone and marking your choices um, that you've thought about and learned about and then zooming out and watching those maps on the news day after day and seeing, um, oh, this is how my state voted. This is how my region voted. This is how my country voted. There's all these different layers of identity that you might feel connected to or you might suddenly feel really disconnected from because it surprises you. The one thing you can do, though, is think about, again, going back to that image of her grandmother walking and really being tied to her sense of place. Like, what makes you feel connected? And who can you take care of? Maybe you're 12 and you can't vote in an election, That doesn't mean you don't play a role in your community. You do your community with your near home, your dwelling, uh, your school, your city, your state, your country. Um, She talks about community care um, and relationships that can be governed by conviviality. That's sort of like seeing the life within each other rather than suspicion, by praise rather than blame. So we're kind of seeing the best in each other. She says, in a community of care people are turned toward one another so I think when things are feeling uncertain you can think about how can I turn towards myself and feel grounded or take care of myself how can I turn towards the people directly around me and care for them or ask them to care for me so think about that this week if you're feeling nervous about all the things happening and all the watching and waiting and talking and talking, Um, think about the community of care that you can create. What can you do? Some small thing to feel connected. I'd love to hear what you thought of this essay, this episode. I think next time we'll go back to a story, Um, but send me a note and let me know what you thought. I'll talk to you soon. Take care, sixth graders.